Welcome back to the Landco Podcast. Today we are back at it with another property review. This time we're going to chat about uh, 140 acres in Knox County. Welcome to the Landco Podcast, an analytical behind-the-scenes look into land investing and land ownership, covering marketing conditions, current inventory, and updates on all relevant land ownership issues here in Illinois, mixed in with some timely hunting and fishing reports. So welcome back. Another property review. Uh, this one is one of our listings that we just put on the website and uh, 140 acres in Knox County. And uh, just so happened that Roger Cox and I were meeting on something else. So um, Roger's going to join us to chat about this one. So Roger, welcome to the uh, podcast. Yeah, thank you. You got it, man. Um, so Roger's listened to these. He knows the format. Format, pretty simple. Uh, first, we talk about the property. Um, then we talk about the pricing and kind of valuation where it should be versus in relationship to where it's priced at, that sort of thing. But uh, let's jump on into the property. So it's uh, 140 acres, give or take. And again, these lines could shift a little bit. So if somebody wanted a, a few less or a few more, um, but right now it's about 140, includes about, uh, I think it's 17 acres of water on the kind of north side. The middle of it is a big uh, kind of timber chunk, and the south is kind of well, largely like unimproved stuff. So, but with some cool opportunities down there. So, um, let's jump right in, man. Roger, what first thoughts on it? What do you think? It looks like there's a lot of opportunity, like you said. I I think there's. I look at everything from a habitat standpoint and what can be improved, and um, kind of looks like there's there's dove hunting opportunities, deer hunting. We were just kind of chatting about that. What what the property's like, the the hunting opportunities, obviously fishing looks pretty promising there too. Yep. Um, so the timber, so I would say it's probably not an incredible deer hunting farm. It's not like the best waterfowl farm. It is a really good fishing farm, but it has all three of those, which is it's just hard to find. Right. Man. So um, I wouldn't say it's a farm that, someone's going to buy that really wants to kill a 200 inch deer like every other year or something, but it's good deer hunting. Right. Um, and you've seen it this, um, well, you've seen stuff like this. It's strip mine timber. So it's not like your giant, like, right. And, or, and we've worked on properties like that where, you know, it's not your typical hardwoods and that sort of thing, but there's opportunities there for upland too, where deer and upland kind of thrive in that thick brush thick stuff, type stuff. Yeah. And so, um, you know, clean this up a little bit and doing some work on with that in mind. Um, you know, it, you make it what you want type piece of property. And those are always pretty interesting. They to are. Me. Um, I actually sell, um, in, you know, your brother and Don are a little different than like usually my target market. They sell to a bunch of like trophy deer hunters. Right. But I just, I don't, I don't. maybe it's because I'm on a Peoria, maybe it's because we're investment first, but a lot of my guys, they like that it's deer hunting, but they like that. Like you can take your family out there. You can, duck hunt, deer hunt, you know, fish, go out and throw some birds out. It's probably not the best at any one of those, but it's all around farm. Those are hard to find. Well, and when you look at properties, if someone developed that property ahead of you, you you get what you buy. Yeah. Um, properties like this, there's, there's opportunity to kind of make it your own and do what you want with it type thing. And, and uh, sometimes those are hard to find. They are. Uh, and it's, you can find fishing and waterfowl because a lot of times these strip mine lakes are next to tillable, like double click. Right. But it's hard to find a big body of water next to timber. Right. Those and then just, 
this is, <laughs> when you look at it, I mean, you can see the pockets, the areas that, that can be developed. Yeah, I can zoom in on this too. Yep. Yeah, and so. You mean like food plot yeah, type stuff? Yeah, food plot type stuff. So like, you know, you and I were talking, this is more of your your uh, elevated blind uh, type hunting. You're yeah. not, I, I don't like to climb in a in a locust tree if, if I don't have to, but um, you know, the, the layout of it, you can, you can obviously see small areas for improvement. And, you know, you look on that South side, that first thing I see is a giant dove field. There, they do. You know? <laughs> and you, I don't have the topo pulled up, but this, uh, sorry, you guys can't see this from the show rod or something. This whole area right here is, um, if this lake would have been higher, it would have came out into here. Okay. So they just didn't do it. But what that tells me is you could put up like a little levee here and flood. And maybe flood that. Yeah. And it's not like it would hold water all year round, but you're only looking for 60 days or something. Right. And again, it's not double cluck. It's not on the river, but it's enough that like you hop down from your deer stand and you can go sitting there with your kid and right. shoot some ducks. Right. And we, so we did one in, uh, I don't know if you ever see the one we did at North Creek, which was like up by Okron, that wetland. I, I don't know that I've ever looked at it, but you and I have talked about yeah, it. Yeah, it was, and that's not a deer area. and I mean, that's not a duck area. That's North Knox. Right. And we were just the only people with food, so we called limits a lot. We just didn't have much competition. Right. And limited hunting. It's not like yes. you're going out every day hunting it hard, you know. Yep. Um, but yeah, so this whole area, I'm pointing at the south. If you're looking at this on a map, that south. And how big do you think that is? I and mean, that's probably 30 acres there. Yeah. It's a big area. Uh, it's got some scattered, like it looks like probably cottonwoods. You can clear some of those out, but big areas for dove fields. Like you can get in there with like a couple upland strips. Yeah, I mean, and you're you're looking at holding, so um, you know anything to provide cover. Right? You probably can't get it enrolled into a CRP, but you could certainly do a, a native grass planting in yep. there too. Okay. Um, let's see, let me zoom back out. And the timber, we talked about the timber. It's it's almost like um, a CREP planting that you see like that. Most of those programs were what? Like, there's a big push like 20 years ago, maybe. Yeah. So all those trees, they're established, but they're not big. So you get right. this like real thick area and it holds a ton of deer. I think it's sort of hard to hunt, but they're there. Usually in that 15 to 20 year range too, um, it provides for someone to go in and clear that lower brush underneath, clean up those yeah. trees and kind of, um, kind of develop that a little bit too. It almost looks like, see right here, it looks like there are rows almost. Yeah. yeah. Some of those may have been planted. Are most of those trees or some of those could be shrubs maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I actually haven't been to the far north side of this timber chunk. It's a, it's a big piece. Yeah. Um, whoops. So, um, cool property. Pretty diverse. You can do a little bit of everything. Obviously, the fishing is really good. Uh, this one doesn't have a boat ramp, so we'd have to put one in, but that's no big deal. It's pretty mellow slopes. Um, it has two accesses, access points. The north was that quarter mile off Bear School Road, but then to get to the back of the property, you have a full uh, deeded easement back to the back. Um, so you have access on the entire south side as well, So, uh, which is cool for... Or you can build a little cabin up front. It's not going to hurt any of your deer hunting, duck hunting, stuff like that. This actually has, um, probably won't be able to see it. Well, maybe you will. If you zoom into this island, there's a little duck blind right in the middle. Maybe oh, cool. pretty well. Yeah. You're a bunch of divers and stuff like that, mm -hmm. like you would on strip lakes. But um, So we can move on from the property. But again, nice, diverse. You don't see that very often. Um, room for some growth from the um, conservation side. 
whether that's food plots, dove plots, wetlands, um, even little food plots. It looks like there's areas big enough in the timber that you could get some stuff. Right. That's I generally look for those sort of things when I'm putting food plots in that what what Mother Nature's already kind of provided. Yeah. It's a lot cheaper than going in trying to clear an entire area. It wouldn't be know. a corner, like maybe two bees, but like a biologic or clover right. or something. Right. Okay. Um, so I can get on to the valuation in a minute, but since I have Roger here, let's. Uh, so if you were looking at this either for uh, a client or yourself, what would you want to know about it? Well, so like it, obviously there there's several tracks here. So like the the water, we were we were yeah. looking at that and. Um, is that shared shared water? I mean, then and, and how how is that going to work with with the lines kind of going right through the middle of the lake? So, and this is sort of unique. This is the first time we've tried something like this. Um, we've done lake agreements before, but here's what we're trying to do. Um, the lake is like eighty acres. It's huge, but one one thing that people don't like when they buy shared lakes is that it's still a gray area, but it's widely like recognized that state laws, you get to go off your property, um, at least on the surface area. Right. Fishing is sort of like a gray area, but um, so if I bought this middle one, state law says I could go anywhere in the lake. Yes. Buyers don't love that. You know, it's there's an advantage that you get to fish more than you buy. But if somebody wants to put a cabin up or something, they don't want somebody like right out their back window right. or whatever. So what our goal and we think we can do this is to create a lake agreement or even possibly record it into the deed. Um, since the owners now own the whole lake, we think they can do this, say, um, in the lake agreement that you cannot go off your property lines without permission. Okay. So I think what that does, and it's a, the negative is that you only get to fish what's on yours, but the positive is like it protects you from, you've seen things go terribly wrong right. in shared lakes. Uh, not all of them, but it happens. I sh I share a lake, and I I get along great with my neighbor. It's like he's an asset to me. Right. But that doesn't always happen. So this would put it in the hands of the owners. It's like, hey, let's as long as you get along with each other, you're fine. Right. Well, so then in that sense too, then owners could work together and restock the lake from year to year, or yeah. every three years or something. So um, we would actually, we would have at least basic information to protect everybody. Like, I think we were going to try to put in there, you can't stock non-native species without okay. permission because those could screw things up in a hurry. Right. You want to put crappie or bass or bluegill catfish, no big deal. Um, but that's only when they buy it. Like if three people buy these tracks and they get together and want to do a new one, fine. Throw away the old one. It's on you at that point. But at least it gives like a certain level of protection that if your neighbor is, you know, just a huge dick and you can't get along with them. Right. You can say, you know what? Just go back to your side. I'll go on my side and everything's good. But at least it gives you that right. Yeah. And it, it just with clients that I work with, it it does pay to know your neighbors. And and if you can work with your neighbors on any habitat stuff, whether, you know, if you're trying to develop a trophy deer hunting property, knowing what the guys across the fence are shooting can be important. And, and same with fish or whatever it might be. It's, so uh, I just, I kind of like a couple of podcasts ago, Nate was on Herman where it's uh, talking fish or whatever, but we got talking to the shared water too. And it's like, after the podcast, we're like, you know what? We need a full topic of getting to know your neighbor yes. because it's such a huge part of land ownership that a lot of new guys go in with their 
chest all puffed up and it's just the wrong way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so that'll be a, a later topic, but cool. that's, that's probably as important as anything else out here. But so far I know the people that are buying around it, great neighbors. Um, I don't anticipate any problems out there. All of them are good dudes. Um, anything else you'd ask about it? Like if you were going to buy it? Man, I, I, I'd just like to get boots on the ground and go check yeah. this out. It's a cool piece and the lake's huge and it, it really does it really does offer a lot of opportunities. The only piece we've sold like this in the last couple of years, we sold one to uh, Derek, bought yeah. that piece by Soko. That, that was 80 acres, which had timber, fishing, and he kills a bunch of ducks there because it's so close. to. Right. But I looked for a piece that you could duck hunt, waterfowl, or I mean duck, fish, and deer for two years, and I couldn't even find one. So like I do this every day and I couldn't find it. <laughs> so I bought something that has no deer hunting, but that's how rare these are to kind of have a, at least a little bit of all that stuff. So uh, the the easement coming in, there will be there won't be any like dues. We're not going to do anything like that. It'll just be you have the right to improve it if you want it, but it's just like maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to throw a gravel on, you can, but it's not required. It's just the people that own the easement are required to make sure that it's passable. Right. It's a gravel road to the back of your property. It's actually an old mine road, so it's super hard. It's a good Yeah, road. those old haulage roads, man, they're hard to beat. They are. <laughs> you, you can drag them once or twice a year and, and usually maintain them that way. Yeah. So. so, and right now the farmer on one of the south tracks, this little, uh, there's a bean field, hay field down there. He does it for them just because he farms back there. So Perfect. Um, yeah. Okay, um, that's good enough on the property. Let's hop over. Roger, this will be, you don't have to chime in on this if you don't want, but uh, this won't take very long, the valuation, because it's our listing. We priced it, so those are typically in line because uh, we just, we're not in the business of taking stuff not to sell it. So unless the client is willing to sell for market value, we just don't invest too much time in it. So uh, 140 acres, it's 17 acres of water. It might be a touch more than that, but I plugged in 17 uh, right now, uh, tillable is going for around six grand of this stuff, but there's we're not even though you could farm that stuff, we're not going to count any of that at this point. Um, water um, is about six thousand. That's actually climbed up a little bit lately, just because there's nothing to buy. But we'll still use six thousand for this exercise. Uh, the remainder I put at thirty two, which might even be a touch high. Let's see what a few things do. If it's um, well, the range is. 28 to 32 has been like what we've seen. Um, so if we keep it at 3,200, uh, that total comes to 495.6, which is about 35.40 per acre, which is kind of what we see as market value. That's before like premiums or any of that stuff. That's right. just like in a vacuum. That's what I think it's worth. Right now, I would say that there's probably a little premium for well-rounded tracks because they don't exist. So people are getting more than that in some places. But we priced it at 36.50 as the asking price. So we are right in line, which isn't a surprise. But so we're about 100 bucks an acre premium right now if you paid full price. Um, but again, there's always at least a little wiggle room in that stuff. So uh, that is it for valuation. It's in line um, from a price standpoint. Property, well-versed, good fishing. Uh, I should have said this about the lake. You've seen lakes like this. It is super clear. Yes. The which strip mine lakes are unbelievable. Which is, well, some of those, um, <clears throat> the main lake at Otter has like 
Is that a creek coming into it or something from that timber lake? Yeah, probably a, a, a <coughs> it wouldn't be a spring, I guess. It yeah. would just but be. But that a, one seems not muddy. None of those are muddy, but at least it's not super clear. Super clear is cool from like take your kids out there and jump in. I think it's right. awesome. But uh, like Don did a video on this when he had it and you could see like 18, 20 feet down there. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Which is sometimes bad for fishing, but. Yeah, but the, you add structure and yeah. there's things you could do to improve that too. Yeah. Um, so that's it on this one. We went a little long, um, but uh, Roger, let's say they want to do some of this stuff uh, or have you look at it. How would they get a hold of you? Uh, they, the easiest way is call or text me, 309-255-5144. Um, they can email me at rcox at plmspecialist.com. And I'd be happy to come look at it. I love looking at these properties. Cool. Okay. Um, well, that is it on this one. Um, another property review. And uh, thank you. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back uh, hopefully shortly with another one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sean.